Hey, welcome back everybody to the Benos podcast and today's guest is none other than my good friend Yanis Veropoulos who is the head coach at Maccabi Tel Aviv. Today we talked a little bit about our time together in Moscow and the pain we went through together in 2012 uh, but also a little bit about his background before we went into the coaching profession. He talked about how he switched roles from becoming an assistant coach to a head coach, back to assistant coach at a higher level, back to a head coach. So the mind shift that goes through and how he prepared himself for that. Uh, talked about his, his, his path to that, to becoming a head coach. Uh, also, we talked about the, what the, the challenges of what it means to take an over team midway through the season. And he talked a little bit about that and how difficult it can be and what he looks for during that time period. Also, the role of an assistant and what he expects from them. So please enjoy this podcast. Please subscribe if you're not a subscriber yet. Click on those little buttons that whatever platform you're using. And uh, yeah, enjoy this podcast. Let me know what you think. Talk to you soon. Bye. Yanis, welcome. Good morning, Venice. Thank you. Good morning. You. Good. So you're you're uh, my fifth guest, fifth Greek guest. Uh, uh, you may, I think, I think our friendship would have been over if I wouldn't have made you <laughs> put you in the top five. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> don't say this. Our friendship is uh, above everything. Yeah, for people who don't know, and I, I will reference to our time in Seska um, several times, and it's just to provide some context on the topics that we will talk about. But f mostly, uh, do you remember, we, we worked in 2011-2012, and what's the one thing that you remember from the infamous uh, final in Istanbul? Because I, I don't want to talk about it too long, but we had this whole season together, and This this sliding door moment, which changed all of our lives, was uh, was is there that connects us forever. And we only spent one year together. But I was wondering if you like had one lesson that you took away from that that you still think about today. Look, uh, always when you lose uh, with a buzzer, it's very difficult, and um, especially when you lose the final of the Euroleague like that. It's all it's uh, very, very hard. Um, you cannot overcome. You remember everything all the time, this uh, loss. Uh, it was not easy uh, to handle it. But you learn from this because uh, you learn, uh, you, you, you get more wise and you learn to that everything can happen, first of all, in life and in basketball. And uh, till the end, you need to fight. Um uh, you know, it was uh, something that uh, uh, will stay always in our memories. Uh, now, after so many years, uh, we don't forget it, but for sure we look at it with another uh, point of view, from another point of view. Uh, because now we can say that, let's say, we can be more... Uh, philosophical about what happened, how it happened, how we need to, to overcome it, what we should do better, what could go better. You know, a lot of different parameters happen to, to lose uh, this, this game. But I think that, uh, let's say, from all this, you get stronger, first of all, and secondly, you get wiser. And 
for sure we had I had from that moment more games that we lost with the buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember all of them, but we had also games that you win in the, with the buzzer. Uh, I remember one good friend of mine uh, called me after the game, texted me after the game, and he told me, uh, basketball is like life, it's a circle. Uh, it will give it to you back. So I hope it will give it to me back. I don't know if, if already it gave it to me back. But, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you reached the limit already of the present yeah, back. Yeah. Who knows? No. Who knows? No, no. no. Um, yeah, the, the circle, but it gave it back because you're also, in, in certain regards, it gave it back because you end up coaching Olympiacos also as well. So yes. it, was, it was also a circular moment in time where another sliding door moment Uh, for me personally, I think about it a lot of what would have been if we would have won this game, you know, like what would have been, uh, how would have been my life? And you said, like you said, it's more philosophical of if we would have won this game, I probably would have ended up not working with Messina uh, uh, at, later on. I would probably, maybe I would have not been working in an NBA because of the circumstances, how it aligns. And it's just, it may or it may not, may not have happened, but the, the, The like like likelihood of that happening would have been less. So it's it's something that's unpredictable, and you always have yes. to see the, the 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 positive and the negative later on. In that moment, it's impossible to see anything positive. And of course, that moment uh, is very <laughs> depressing. Moment, depressing. Yeah, and But, for people, uh, as you say, you are absolutely right. Let's say um, because we say that. Let's say after a bad loss or after a bad incident, something good can happen. And, and as you said, a lot of good things happen in our lives. After. Yes. And and today we'll talk a lot about the good things that are happening okay. in our life. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on from this depressing subject. You, to the... <laughs> you started with very hard uh, hard feelings, you know, questions. And, uh... Right away, right away. Yes. I'm, 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 I'm going straight to the trigger point now. Like a good, like a good massage, you know, like it's yes, straight yes, to the yes. trigger point. Um, But uh, to... I, I want to finish with this, what I will say now, what you asked me. Uh, that uh, although we were one year together, as you said, uh, in this year we we create a great friendship that uh, lasts till now. And uh, maybe we don't have the time because I'm busy, you are busy. We are living in different uh, countries. Uh, we have different schedules. But uh, you know that I'm always uh, your friend. I'm always for you. And I know that you are my friend and I'm always... Uh, you are always for me. So this is very, very difficult to happen. Only one year, two, um, how to say, two uh, colleagues together to to you know to get connected so much. And uh, we need to emphasize on that because in basketball you meet a lot of people, and this is one one more um, let's say thing that is happening in all these years that we are coaching that uh, you meet a lot of people that uh, you make friendships all over the all over Europe and maybe all over the world let's say in the states in Australia you know in different countries in everywhere so we need to you know at the end of the day you you win titles you lose titles you win games you lose games but uh, all these friendships that you you have Uh, they are friendships uh, for life, and this is very, very important. 
Yeah, and that's one thing that I don't think many people uh, understand that it's all about it's it's more about the people and the process during this time when you're working together that you find joy in what you're doing. And it's not about the final product of the success or not. It's just that the cherry the cherry on the Sunday to win the championship together or uh, to experience something, you know, some big wins together. It it bonds you even more. But I think we found the um, common uh, friendship and common respect for each other through our work that we did together that one year. Because at the end of the day, you respect each other's profession, professionalism and you respect each other's commitment more than anything else. And you exactly. also and you also find you also learn each other by living every day together in the same room. Basically, you learn each other like like uh, like brothers, like you, you, exactly. you, you, you figure each other out. And at the end of the day, if you don't open up to each other, there's no point of, of, of really have, it's it makes success more difficult if you don't open up to each other. Of course, of course, of course. So all these connections uh, in the staff, you know, in the between the players, players and staff are very important to to succeed. Of course. Yeah, yeah, and and there are a lot of staffs that are um, detrimental to each other. So I yes. think that that's also where. We're we're shifting away from this mentality. I think it's it's become it's becoming less hostile than it used to be. There's more. There's beginning to be more trust. I think within the staff because at the end of the day, everybody is starting to see the human factor matters much more than anything else. Yes. Yes. So we. Yeah, yes. I will. Pre- I prepared four quarters for you today, as I do for every head coach, and we start with the with the background, and we go a little bit into the coaching aspect, or uh, mostly into the coaching aspect, the coaching profession itself. Then we will talk a little about organization, <laughs> organization. <laughs> and at the end, I will throw out some uh, quick hitters for you, my ATOs for you. Okay, but Perfect. just so let's let's start to uh, rewind a little bit. And all the I can with almost certainty say that all the Greek guests I had on here uh, before were influenced uh, to find basketball through the great. Greek era of of uh, um, late eighties, right when they when they win the, uh, won the championship in the European eighty seven eighty seven nineteen eighty seven Greece won the first uh, European title uh, in Sef in Peace and Friendship Stadium. Uh, but I started coaching before I started coaching nineteen eighty six. Okay, so. Ready. Okay, so how did you how did you get to the point of, of finding basketball uh, aside from uh, just watching it on Look, TV? I, I I was playing basketball and uh, I was devoted in practices and uh, uh, you know with my coach and my teammates we tried to do our best and uh, I was playing already five years. I was nineteen. Uh, we play in second league of Greece. I was not great player. I was okay player, but it was second league. It was not the first league, and that moment it was not professional the basketball in, uh, in Greece. Anyway, when uh, I finish school, I I pass. I we give exams in Greece, and I went to the. I succeeded to go to the physical education university. So, because I love sport, the sport, uh, I started to think that, let's say, I will, uh, I will, I, I, in in my future, I I will need to teach 
to young kids, about basketball, about everything, physical education. So why not to start to coaching young kids? Um, so in parallel uh, two years, I, I, I was player and coach together. Then when I understood that uh, I love coaching because uh, coaching gives you the challenge to bring uh, different kids from different families that they are raised with different way, in the same way, in one way, to put them all together to play. When you see that uh, you have kids that they don't know how to run, how to stop, how to change direction, no question about how not to dribble the ball or not to shoot the ball. So you need to teach them all this stuff. The procedure was amazing and uh, I was very excited to teach them. So while I, I was doing this in parallel, play, playing and coaching, I understood that as a player, I didn't have a lot of future because I was not good enough. I was not enough talented. I was hard worker, but not enough talented to reach the professional uh, uh, point level, the professional level. So. I quit from playing. I went in a smaller team just to play, to make one, two practices per week in one game, not every day as we did it till now, till that moment. And then I devoted to coaching. I went to schools. I find uh, kids. I try to do my coaching, let's say, first steps as best as I could. And this that was how I will I continue I, I start then I continue let's say I work 11 years in this uh, in my club the club that I was raised as a player and as a coach Apollon Calamarias from my territory Apollon uh, the god of music and Calamaria is the area where I was born and I, I am living and uh, I devoted 11 years coaching through all these stages from young, young kids, uh, juniors, cadets, uh, mentee, assistant coach in mentee, and then head coach in the mentee. So we took the championship when in my second year of uh, coaching in the mentee of uh, third league, and then we qualified to play the second league. And that was big success. We had also successes with uh, the juniors and the cadets in Thessaloniki, playing against big, bigger clubs, bigger names, Aris Pau, Kiraklis, let's say those days. Uh, YMCA, well, that is, was traditional uh, good program for basketball. And uh, then after 11 years, 1997, I moved to Pauk as an assistant coach. I was a second assistant in Pauk from 1997 till 2005, eight years. Um, in this, uh, let's say, step that I made ahead, uh, I understood that I remember uh, Benas uh, after when we took the championship in the in the third league and we qualified play second league. You know, you feel I was 28 years old, young. I felt, let's say. We are good. I did something. Let's say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I went to Pauk. I started work. Let's say again hard. You no know, different way of working with uh, scouting, better scouting, more scouting, uh, emphasize to the details. I learned from the head coaches a lot of stuff. After two years, I said, "Oh my God!" And and I don't know nothing. 
Uh, and I was thinking when we took the championship that we did something. We, did, we didn't do anything. And I think this is uh, what makes me realize that uh, in basketball, like in life, you learn every day. And you, you should have this mentality to learn and learn and get more and more information and knowledge and experiences, of course. But, uh, you know, as the time passes and you move and you have your uh, teams, your games, you know, always you're learning and always you facing different situations that uh, you need to be ready to handle with your experience, with your knowledge, you know, tactic things, uh, not tactic things, a lot of things. So all this uh, procedure, let's say procedure, it was not procedure, all this career, let's say, that uh, I had till now, uh, the conclusion is that I'm still learning. I'm so many years in coaching. I started 1986 till now, and I'm still learning. And this is the beauty of this procedure and of the sport and of what we are doing. Yeah, this profession is is all about learning. And I, I, I feel that every time I had elevated my game to, to a different level, there was a different paradigm shift every time I was there. It's, you know, and people... Don't the people stop learning when they close off their 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 uh, mind? You know they they are not open to new information because they think there's only one way of doing. There's only one way of playing. There's only one way of of coaching. There's only one way of of playing defense. And just as it is in basketball, that there's different ways of doing things, and you have to realize that there are different ways of doing things and being open to understanding. New details, new new angles. Uh, whether to slip a screen, whether to set a screen, it's not always the same thing. And I think there's there's um, the, the the more flexible you are in this profession, but also in life in in terms of in terms of being open to new cultures when you travel around and not being so closed off. And I'm gonna go always to the same cafe because I know this is the safest way that I will get my coffee. But I am open to try a new cafe as well. And open to, uh, open to trying a new restaurant. So I think it's it's one of the key things in, like you said, in life and basketball, to being open to new information and not to uh, close your, your, yourself off. You close yourself off, off uh, when you think that you know everything, you know, and when you have this mentality and uh, you say that's it and no nothing else. Um I think this is very egoistic and uh, you need to, in, in our way, we learn that uh, a lot of good things can happen with different ways, as you said, and you need to learn the different ways and to be more open. Plus that, let's say, when you coach, let's say now, these ages now, let's say I coach uh, in 1986, uh, kids that uh, they were born... Uh, 1975 uh, was born. So now I am uh, coaching kids that they 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 are born uh, 2003. So you understand that uh, to coach different generations is not easy because and you need to be ready to adjust because the new generations are completely different raised from the generations 
20 and 30 years ago and 10 years ago. What I mean, let's say in the past, our parents, they lived the Second World War and they raised the, the, ourselves with more secrecy and let's say don't talk. They were afraid to talk outside of, of homes. And, you know, it was more uh, easy to be disciplined because uh, they learned how to be, let's say, quiet and, you know, to start privacy. to live a new life, privacy. Yes. These new generations are completely different. They are more open. If, if you attack, let's say, your kid now, maybe he will live from, from home mm-hmm. as a parent, let's say. Uh, so it's not, uh, this couldn't happen so, so often, let's say, 30 years ago. So you need to find a way to approach your, the kid with a different ways now. This is the same in basketball. You need to approach the players with a different way from the way that you are, you, we were coaching 20 and 30 years ago. And uh, we need to understand that the new generations are, you know, they have different, um, uh, how to say, different influences from, from, and they are more modern ways now, let's say. And if you are not open to this, you will lose them. And then you will not be a good coach. So coaching is not only knowledge about basketball, but it's the same value, how you handle the players, the team, how you handle the crisis, the situations, and all this stuff. Uh, we need to learn how to do it. And it depends from our character as coaches, but uh, a lot of times our characters, you cannot change your character, I believe, but you can be a little more flexible. Let's say the limits, uh, not to be very tiny, tight. You can, you know, open yes. your limits a little yes. more and to be more flexible, you know, to conclude all, all this new era, not only in basketball, but in the society. Yeah, I think I think it comes down to, uh, and I talked to, with other people as well, to sticking with your values, which is ethics, strong, uh, uh, good work ethic, honesty, integrity, but then you can still be open and more flexible on the other parts of your, 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 your understanding, not understanding, learning people, learning how to manage people, learning how to talk to people in different ways and connecting with people. Because at the end of the day, this co- coaching profession is about connection with people. If you cannot connect with your players, you will not be exactly. able to, to tell them exactly. what to do exactly. on the board. So exactly. a strong value system with a flexible, flexible um, let's call it, uh, character uh, yes, yes. connection-wise. Yes. Um, I, tell, I tell a lot of people and I tell a lot of coaches uh, from working with you uh, and remembering how organized you were. We will talk about this more in depth a little bit later, but in terms of uh, getting back, if, you, if I asked you what you did in practice in 2001 on November 17th, you will be able to go into your files and find of the course. and of find the, the 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 practice you did. Yes, yes. And I know that there is um, military in your in your background. How much of this military experience that you had and what you do, what you what you organizational work, help you to be disciplined and organized in your in your uh, uh, daily life today? What specifically uh, was the trigger point for that? Look, uh, it's true that uh, as all Greek uh, 
men, uh, we are uh, obliged to go to the army, to follow the army duties. And I was in army for 19 months. Uh, I was uh, not young because uh, I was coaching and I finished the physical education. Uh, regularly, you need to finish in four, four years. But I didn't give uh, all my uh, grades. Let's say I didn't, I didn't go to give exams. I delay because I was coaching. I didn't want to go to the army. Because when you finish, you need have to go to the army. So I have good generations that I was working with them, young generations. Yeah. So I went to the army in uh, 1991. I was 24. I was not 18, 19. So they were younger uh, soldiers with me that they couldn't stand the discipline. I knew the discipline from my coaching as a player and as a coach. So it was easier for me that I was older than them to be disciplined comparing to them. And basketball helped me in this way to be disciplined in the army. From the other side in the army, when I went first time, that was the period that computers start to, you know, in our life. Yeah. And uh, I was in helping in an office and we had one, uh, one other soldier that, uh, was following his duties in the army and uh, he, he studied abroad and he came, he was older than me. He was close to 30 after he, he studied and he teach me computer. So in the army, I, I learned how to use Word, Excel, uh, <laughs> everything. So except let's say my army duties that I was very proud that I was there and I helped uh, my country. Uh, I I had uh, good memories from the army because uh, I I was more ready because of basketball to be disciplined from one side from the other side I learned something that uh, I use till now in the army so it was very helpful this period for me it worked both ways I mean you you both ways yes and and you that's that's also a good point that I didn't know that yet that. Was that probably one of the first times, uh, except besides the coaching, but when you had a role of mentorship to, to younger guys in the yes. army? Yes, yeah. in the army, yes, because uh, I was older and always, you know, you know, young guys, you have a different character. Some of them, they don't accept that yes. you, you tell them something. Some of them, let's say, they follow you. Uh, I was in a... In, in, in a position that uh, I had, uh, let's say, always some guys uh, below me and uh, I have to, to coach them, let's say, to coach, to, yeah. to guide them, to, yeah. to give them the right direction uh, for, the, for the duties that we had. So it was always uh, good and positive that uh, I had already the experience how to talk to kids and then going to the army helped me also to be more ready to treat them and from the other side learn still learning experiences how to handle tough tough uh, mentality uh, human beings let's say. yes but that's like was there a trigger that that you were open from the beginning like this that to, to learning was there like a, a trigger point that that helped you to understand that uh 
I do not know everything and I have to learn people. I have to, just, there's like some, some sort of emotional intelligence that comes yeah, with this, it. This, what, I, what I told you before, what we said before, what we discussed, that uh, when I, 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 I finished with the championship in my first club, Apollon, and then when I moved to Pauk after two years, first, one, first, first year, I was working like crazy. There were no computers there to make the scouting. We used yeah. two videos to make scouting. Yes. I yes, cut yes, through yes. two videos. I, I couldn't sleep. That that the procedure was very, you know, uh, time uh, time was uh, not time enough. Consuming. Yes. I, I wanted, let's say, the day instead of twenty four hours to be thirty to have time to finish. Yeah. And uh, I was working like crazy. It was my first uh, professional club, and then first year I I didn't have time to think. After second year that I handled the job better and I, you know, I put everything in order to my job, I mean, I meaning. There was a moment that I said, oh, my God. And I was thinking two years ago that I know basketball and I'm, let's say, and I don't know nothing. Let's say I learned so many things and video helped me to learn a lot. Let's say the scouting helped me to learn a lot because when you when you scout, you need to watch the details, what one team is doing what the other team is uh, reacting uh, how you need to respond in one situation in another situation you learn from from scouting the opponents and uh, also the eye gets uh, easier situations let's say when you watch so many so much time video so many games and also during practice or during games, your eye is more, uh, how to say? You, you recognize ready. the situation. Recognize yes, the, ready yes, to yes. recognize the situation and, and take it. And, uh, and you know, it helped me a lot. The, the scouting, I was making the scouting 11 years. 11. And uh, till I come to Ceska and work with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it helped me a lot. Uh, one also good moment trigger that I don't know nothing was when I went to the national team of Greece as an assistant coach. Uh, that was 2001. It yeah. was uh, one step ahead uh, being in PAOK as an assistant coach. Uh, I, they asked me to go also in the national team of Greece as an assistant coach. That was 2001. Coach uh, Kostas Petropoulos, and yeah. I want to thank him also, uh, invited me. And uh, we went in Antalya for the uh, European uh, uh, Basketball Championship. And also in that level, you know, now we we are talking about uh, national teams and top level of, of national teams. Also there, I, I, I felt that I have a lot of things to learn, you know, and I was learning. Uh, but uh, till now, let's say now that I'm head coach in Maccabi Tel Aviv, I'm learning and I, I watch something that I like. Then I'm thinking something that, let's say this, we should do it like that. And it's a good idea. So I keep it in my notes. And always you you learn and you, you are thinking and your mind is working to, to get better um, uh, let's say to find solutions, to get better uh, ideas, to have better ideas, so that uh, will help uh, your your team. But it's also you. You have to be humble. You have to be humble also to admit to other people that you don't know. 
because other people like there there's a certain co- complex that comes into play where it's like oh yeah I know I know I know there's no no problem but you 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 have to trust the other person not to embarrass you if you say I don't know you know like yeah that's that's something that you want to do also that I I, I don't I, care I'm, about the other people what they will say if I will say I don't know exactly and that's what that's how it should be and that other yes. people there's other people out there that care. And they will say, uh, I, they will say, I know, I know. But in the in the inside, they are they don't know, and they're just afraid to say that they don't know. Yes. So uh, before we move into coaching, we cannot go without mentioning or talking shortly about uh, Jonas Kozlowskis because our Lithuanian yes. Lithuanian listeners, uh, the connection that you and him have, and us three have our triangle basically yes. Uh, yes. is is very deep and it's very intertwined and it's very good. Um, yes. It's a happy triangle. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And you have a much, much deeper connection of working with Jonas uh, around, around the, around Europe, in different places. But if you, if you can go into, into like the biggest lesson that you learned from, from Jonas throughout the times that you worked with him, what's one characteristic that you can take away that you took away from every time you worked with him? Jonas is a great coach and a gentleman as a person. And uh, this, with this, uh, this only one word, what I said, uh, says everything about him. Great coach and gentleman. Um, I learned a lot from him. Uh, he helped me a lot in my career. I want to thank him again one more time. Um, he is one of my basic mentors. I learned a lot from all the coaches that I cooperate, but with Jonas, I had the chance to cooperate three times with him. I want to remind to uh, to all our listeners that uh, we met each other with Jonas 2005 in Olympiakos. I was his assistant. He didn't know me. I didn't know him in person, I mean. I knew him for sure he didn't know me. Uh, and then... Uh, I will tell you a story here. When uh, Jonas asked one assistant coach from the owners of Olympiakos, they found me. I was in the national team of Greece. So I quit from the national team and then I moved to Olympiakos because I couldn't do both. But Jonas was in China. And I said, uh, I want to go to China to meet Jonas because how we will start the practices without meeting each other. So I went to China, Olympiakos, uh, arranged everything. I went to China and I was with Jonas one week, following uh, him with uh, the national team of China in Beijing. And uh, we discussed about basketball, <clears throat> then uh, about his philosophy. He explained me what he wants, how the things uh, he wants the things to be done. And I came back and I was more, uh, let's say, more ready to follow his plan. Because he was the coach, he was the head coach. I have to follow his plan. But uh, this week helped me a lot to understand his philosophy, his character. Then he came back uh, after the Chinese national team. We were together in Olympiacos. We had good success. It was very important that year for Olympiacos to qualify to the playoffs because uh, uh, with this way, Olympiacos got the, the guaranteed contract in EuroLeague. Mm-hmm. That was the moment that they started with a guaranteed contract in Euroleague. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we had a good season, very good season. Then Jonas left to stay in the national team of uh, China. And 
our second cooperation was uh, 2008 and 9 no 9 and 10 sorry 2009 and 10 in national team of greece he was the head coach he he asked uh, from me to be his assistant i i was with him and uh, in 2009 greece uh, got the third uh, medal in uh, European Championship in Poland. And this is the last medal that uh, Greece had, has till now. Um, also there we, we, we had uh, this success, let's say. Then in World Championship, we did succeed to, to, to qualify to the last four teams. The cross game, you know, the cross game is always the most difficult in yep. all these competitions. You have the experience of national teams, you know this. Uh, and then uh, we cooperate again in Cesca when I met you and we we made the triangle, as you said, not triangle offense, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> triangle of relationships and that we cooperate really good. We had this uh, unlucky moment with the final of EuroLeague, but uh, other than that, I think that uh, the season was very successful. We were really good. Um, You know, all these three times that I cooperate with Jonas, uh, I learned a lot from him, a lot of basketball details, a lot of uh, uh, details, how to handle the team, how to talk to the players. You know, you learn, you are like, uh, when you are assistant, you are uh, uh, following. Uh, of course, you suggest to the head coach a few things, but he, uh, he is the responsible for the final call. And this is the right way. But uh, you see, as an assistant, how the head coach is handling the situations, how he's uh, uh, talking to the players. With uh, you know, when you give them the 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 good tip, when you need to push them with different way. Let's say all these different ways of handling the teams, uh, you learn from the head coach, and I learn a lot from from Jonas and on also basketball. Details of coaching, details of tactics, uh, a lot of things. A lot. Of things. He told so, me a lot. So when you let, let's go right into the coaching aspect, then when, when you go and you are becoming an assistant coach uh, for the first time, let's say, how do you earn the trust of the of the head coach as an assistant coach? How is that? How do you earn the trust, and how is it possible that you can? Uh, get, gain or not gain his trust and be be outcasted uh, as an assistant just for for people to avoid to going into the wrong direction as i told you i was assistant coach in uh, top level in professional sport 11 years i was very patient to be head coach i wanted to be head coach but all these years you know i'm uh, a type of person that i support always the head coach that's why i have great uh, great relationship with all my head coaches when i was assistant with everybody uh, I'm devoted to their job and uh, I was let's say as an assistant coach and uh, I was trying to do my best what they asked from me to give them first of all as fast as I could let's say they asked me scouting they asked me uh, can you give me this let's say so I, I what was the fastest to give them to give it back to the head coach I, I was doing this Uh, when uh, he was telling me, let's say, this, don't uh, make it like this, make it uh, with another way. Show it to the players with a different way also. Something, small things, let's say. 
they had to tell it to me one time. They don't need to tell me the second time. With one time, I I do what they wanted. Were you also able to anticipate uh, what they wanted? Look, uh, my job was to support them. If sometimes to suggest them, yes. But uh, let's say when when you ha- when the head coach has his method, you follow his method of working. But let's say tactically, how to play, let's say against this or against the other player. Let's say how we play pick and roll with this player. Head coach says, let's say flat. Let's say. And I, I saw on the scouting that heads working better, so I can suggest him. I have to suggest him. This is one yes. of my yes. job as a Do- coach. To, so with picture, I go to him and say, coach, watch this. Let's say hedging. Let's say two, three, four, five clips that he's not w- passing well when we had so maybe we need to hedge then it's his call what we will do but of course but when he says let's say uh, we will teach them first let's say in general flat defense and then we'll teach them head uh, heads what to say no we we have to teach them uh, heads hedging instead of flat because yes. let's say he has his uh, philosophy and i have to follow his philosophy Yes, because this is how I will support him. But through the philosophy, there are moments all this uh, time that uh, my job also one of one part of my job was to suggest some stuff to my head coach to to help him. Yes, but you during your career you had a, a moment where you went from assistant coach to head coach, and then when you came to to Ceska, you you went from head coach to being assistant coach, if I remember correctly. Yes, and then yes. you went again uh, to being a head coach later on until now. Yes, I, I will explain you this. Um, when I was uh, when I was in uh, uh, Olympiakos assistant coach of Jonas, then Jonas left to go to China. And then I cooperated with Pini Gerson and then with Coach Giannakis, uh, Panagiotis Giannakis. And then after three years, I left from Olympiakos. I wanted to be head coach. So I went to Rodos in Colossos. And I worked there three years. Colossos, that, day, that, that uh, moment was a club that came from second league, stay in the league the first year. Um, No, go down, then again, second time in first league. But anyway, they stay in the league. And then I took over. And uh, immediately we play the playoffs. Uh, we finished eighth. The second, my second year, we finished fifth. We, we were supposed to play in EuroCup. And we had big, uh, big success. Then I wanted to go to coach away. But also in that moment, out of Greece, I mean, away. Out of Greece, and uh, then uh, Jonas uh, was in CSKA, took over in the middle of the season, and from that moment he called me and he said, "Come to to help me to to coach here together as as his assistant." I said, uh, "I have my team. I cannot uh, leave them now in the middle of the season, but uh, you know I will think very seriously in summertime." And then. Uh, getting back to the assistant coach uh, because I knew Jonas we cooperate uh, two two times before in Olympiakos and in the national team of Greece I knew how 
good coach he is and how good person he is. So I could go back to to be assistant coach of Jonas. Uh, so that was my how to say my my chance to go up, to coach out of Greece because uh, Cesca even as an assistant coach was my first job out of of Greece and it was big big uh, how to say step yes to, to coach out of your country and that's why I I went because from one side Jonas. Uh, I knew him and I knew how good we would cooperate in Moscow. From the other side, I it was my chance to coach in a big club, of course, like CSKA, for uh, competing for titles in Euroleague and, and, and Russia. We play, you remember, we play also Russian League and Tetebe yes. League yes. these days. So we we compete for uh, for three titles. And uh, I had my chance to, to coach away out of Greece. And that's why I, I get back to the assistant coach. And after CSKA, I continue as a head coach. But my, my question to you is, how do you, what was the biggest challenge for you to adjust from becoming an assistant coach to a head coach? After you already went the step to go and become an assistant coach, but your mentality shift in terms of preparation for the first time before that, when you came to, to Rodos to become a head coach for the first time, What was the first thing you did and what was the challenge that you dealt with with the with the feeling of becoming a head coach for the first time after being an assistant for so long? Look, uh, I was like uh, I was like uh, 11 years assistant coach and I knew that my time uh, had come. I wanted to be head coach. I wanted to you know, to guide the things, to to Yes, to, to be run the, the show. leader, to, to, run, run to run the show, the show to, to run the show, exactly, to be the leader. And uh, when having all this experience from Olympiacos, from Pauk, I was eight years in Pauk Saloniki. We play the finals. We play in Euroleague. Uh, uh, I was in national team of Greece till that moment. I went to Rodos. It was my first job, of course, as a head coach. But from the other side, I had so many experiences and so many. Ideas and I, I, I saw, I, I have seen so many things till that moment that uh, I was ready to give all this information back to to my players, to my new players. And uh, it was uh, big challenge was that let's say it was a team that uh, stayed in the league uh, the previous year in the last game day, as I told you, and it was a challenge because I I should know. I should uh, find the way how this team will succeed, will be successful. And the way was to to change all the organization of the team. And we changed when I went. We changed uh, with the people there that they were they were very open and they and I want to thank them because we changed a lot of things and we put things in order and how to work with the scouting offices. We we build office for the coaches. We build the physio room there. It was a, a very a new team, let's say, from second league coming to first league. I had the know-how. I, I, I give to the team all this. And uh, from that moment, that team is still in the first league of Greece. And uh, it was... Uh, it was uh, 
how to say, big challenge for me to, and, and I had, I remember that I had a, a great enthusiasm to, to, you know, to start the season and to, to play, you know, these games in first league. I remember we went also, let's say, in Bormio for pre-season games. And that was, you know, for this small club to go for Losos. That moment was small. Now it's traditionally a very good team of Greek league. And, uh, yeah. but that moment was, Raising, let's say, as a club, and uh, we moved to Bormio in Italy to make uh, preseason games, to have preseason games, and that was big, big things that we we've done in in that club. You you also had several instances during your career when you had to take over teams in the middle of the season, and yes. that's that's a lot of that's a lot of. Um, Not many coaches do that or not many coaches like to do that because it's, it's a different dynamic shift and it's a different challenge. But when you, before you take over this team uh, to in the middle of the season, uh, whether it's, uh, it was Maccabi, if I remember, whether it was Olympiakos, and it's... it's Panionios. Panionios, yes. And it's, it's also a, a different um, challenge that you have to deal with every time. But what questions do you ask yourself before you decide to take it over? And what questions do you ask yourself when you arrive, when you take over, when you figure out the situation, when you see the situation in real time? First of all, I want to say that my last three jobs, as you said, I took over November. November is my month. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you said correctly that some coaches doesn't do this. But, that's, why we're, uh, that's, why, that's why we're doing this podcast in November too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's let's say when we came back from Moscow, I have some offers to coach in Greece, but uh, I wanted to wait to find the best uh, the best uh, option for me. So Panionios came to me in November of 2012, uh, and Panionios was a Eurocup team. So my I became I I, I wanted to go because. First of all, Panionios was always traditional uh, uh, basketball club of Greece with a big history. And uh, I wanted to coach because it was EuroCup and Greek League. And uh, it was one step for me again to the top because it was my first time that I coached also in, in EuroCup. Mm -hmm. Two games per week as a head coach, I mean. So it was a big challenge. Then... I will make a small introduction. Then I, I, I went to Olympiacos November in Euroleague. One more step ahead. And then I came to Maccabi November. And Maccabi is my first head coaching job out of Greece. So always, all these three stages gave me something more and something one step higher. Uh, It's different when you start the season and you build the things from the beginning and it's different when you find the situation and you need to get into the situation and to, to be ready to continue. Uh, my first time that I took over was in Pauk when I was assistant coach and I became head coach. That was 2000. Also, this is... It's a little different because you know the team and you are already there and then the head coach quit and you... you take over uh, I took over and uh, it's more easy this situation than to go in in one team that you don't know yes. to start to coach November 
But let's say some experience from this, what I had with Pauk, how to change things. Let's say tactically, when I went to Pauk and I took over, I didn't want to change all the tactics in one week. It's impossible. Let's say I knew that when I went to Panionios, I did the same thing. Because if you change all the offense, let's say, or all the defense completely like upside down, this will create big uh, hesitation to the players until they will they will make, let's say, the, the process, till they will learn what you want from them, you play games and you will lose the games. So there is a procedure how to do it. By the way, parenthesis here, uh, I made a clinic now in, during the corona period for the Greek uh, Coaches Association, how to take over a team in the middle of the season. That was the thing. Because it's not, uh, there is no... I will, these, I will find this yes. clinic. I will I will link this in in the in the show notes of this uh, video. But I think it's in Greek, so that's okay. They can they okay. can uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> for, for the for the Greek coaches. Okay, but anyway, yes. When you get into the team, it's a different process. You need to be, let's say, how to say from one side. The most important thing is to change one or two things let's say what i did uh, what i've done with maccabi i said i watched the previous games of course and i said we need to play faster so one thing that let's say main direction was to play faster mm -hmm. i didn't say we need to change one two three four four down five down and to put uh, ten different so i keep most part of the offenses what they had i keep Then I add slowly, slowly, one more. Uh, they they got it. They they start to play good with this. Then I put something more. What what we we practice and we we were doing, and it it was working. I ke I kept it. What uh, new I wanted to put, I put it slowly, not to interfere. Let's say directly and put so many things and put them in their mind so many different uh, information that will make them uh, hesitate. But the main direction was to play faster and to put, let's say, some basic rules on defense. Mm -hmm. So that, that that's the tactical part. But when you get in, in one team, the most important uh, part is the psychological part. So what you are doing, you have to do, is to support them and to change the, the the psychological situation that the team have been till that moment that you took over. And this is what I was doing, let's say, general directions uh, more. So limited amount of information, limiting, limiting the uh, overload of the brains of the players yes. and slowly getting your philosophy in it. Yes. And the second yes. thing is to get the to get the psychological uh, well having the emotional empathy to understand the psychological distrust or the the uh, exactly. um, dis disorganization they were going through to to help them uh, get into the new direction. Um, so let's talk about the, the the coaches fraternity. As you also had an article recently on uh, on, on on the Euroleague's website uh about the fraternity and about sharing information because we had our our also experience and i want to differentiate uh, i want you to hear to talk about that a little bit but also to differentiate between what's what's necessary to share and what's unethical to share 
because we had we had also a a uh, a moment in Moscow when we were working together where I was completely a rookie. I was the, making rookie mistakes left and right, and you helped to to mitigate those mistakes for me. So <laughs> I remember that very clearly uh, because there's people that contact the scout, contact the assistant coaches to exchange scouting reports or to help with playbooks, with et cetera. And from, from that moment on, before that, I was, you know, always... I was generally considered a nice guy until that moment, and now I'm completely not a nice guy. I don't, I don't, I don't like to disclose the work. Like you said, you have to respect the work that you did, that you put hours into the work of a scouting report that you put in, and 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 putting the video work. It's 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 never going to be an equal exchange, so it shouldn't be also a, a disclosure of your own work that you did. Uh, in terms of in terms of that, maybe you can speak a little bit of exchanging or not exchanging scouting information but in terms of opening up for coaches to your practices and helping out with coaching information is absolutely necessary so maybe you can differentiate between the two yes uh, you are absolutely right uh, these are two different things in general uh, i don't look when 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 you are in a professional sport and you are, let's say, competing against others now in Euroleague 18 teams, uh, first of all, I think that uh, all all teams they have great scouting uh, departments, and all coaches they are working really hard, assistant coaches for the scouting of the opponent, and uh, scouting is in a highest level, I think, in Euroleague. So for us, I don't want my assistants. To contact other uh, assistants to ask information about uh, a third team, because uh, not because we know everything, okay? Not because we are uh, the best, because we have to work to find out by ourselves. Exactly. And uh, even if we don't know one call something, uh, doesn't matter because uh, the most important thing is to to understand the philosophy of the other team, how they play. Yes, sometimes I call some of our colleagues to ask, ask information, let's say, not information, let's say, uh, papers or uh, reports or playbooks or whatever. Let's say, uh, what is the feeling of the coach of the team that you play, how they play, what they are doing, what you think it's more important to. This is a, like a typical uh, conversation. This is different. But I, I I don't want from my coaches to get, uh, let's say, how to say, the food ready in, in their mouth. Yes. You understand what I mean? Yes. So they need to work and they need to find out. Um, from the other side, there are some teams that they contacted us and we are trying to be polite, but usually we don't share. Uh, it's a private, uh, let's say, private information of the company, of Maccabi organization. So yes. we cannot share it with other yes. companies. Uh, but I think that uh, it's completely different when a coach is coming, a young coach, and he wants to learn. This is different. Let's say I had, let's say, one coach in Greece that uh, reached out to me and he said, coach, uh, I work in scouting, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, I want to learn how you're doing the scouting. To, the, to him, I will tell him what we are doing. I, I will tell him how we do it. Because this is different. It's not, uh, it will not go against, let's say, the privacy of the company. This is different. This is knowledge that you need to share. I think I will tell you, Benas, why I'm like that. Because I, when I was young, young coach, as I told you, 1986 started. There was no internet. There was not uh, uh, videos. Uh, they, they, we didn't have uh, NBA games. We didn't have college games to watch and learn watching the the this games uh, so to find knowledge it was very hard and the mentality of the coaches those days was close practices uh, nobody was uh, sharing uh, how he practiced uh, how a young coach could find information and it was very hard for me I tried to find uh, through states let's say uh, the access Uh, I had uh, one coach that helped me a lot, a young coach, he's not coaching anymore, Dinos Georgiadis, that uh, with him, through him, I went in States, 1990. And I started to, to learn about uh, more things about basketball through my experience from the States. And from that moment, I get connections. And I went back again, 1991, second time in States. And... Um, I had connections. I started to buy books uh, to, to read about basketball. It was not internet. I bought, uh, let's say, you couldn't watch uh, VHS uh, tapes. Yeah, multi you have it, to have a multi-system. Yeah. Multi-system uh, videos. That, uh, they, it was very expensive those days. And not all the, in all store, in every store they sell. So I bought uh, this, uh, this um, video, this type uh, with NTS. Yes, NTSC. NTSC system. So I watch uh, now. I start to watch. I started to watch uh, tapes from states, even from clinics uh, of American coaches, and and I got very difficult the information. And I now, okay, you have the internet. You can get into the internet and learn. And if you want to learn, you can learn. But it's different when us as coaches, we give. The, our knowledge and our experiences to young coaches. And I think for the good of the sport, it's very important to share the knowledge. And I don't want, let's say, the young coaches already, the, although, although that they have the access to information, I don't want to, to, to put a wall between me and the young coaches. I want to share and I want to create, let's say, I will be very happy if I will help and I will create, let's say, new coaches. Let's say I give something to new coaches. It, yes. I will be very, very happy. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a very, it's, there's a fine line on the scouting aspect, but there shouldn't be a fine line on the coaching aspect, like you said, because you're actually helping and sharing knowledge to, to, to up-and-coming and passionate coaches who are eager to learn. So if exactly. they're eager to learn, you have to reward their, their eagerness. With and the, because with I face this with a bad way, not uh, other coaches sharing the knowledge with me. Yes. I don't want to do what I didn't like to the next, to the young generations of coaches. Yes. And I'll tell you a quick story of, of sharing scouting information that with a person that you know, you know, and uh, I will tell you off air who it was, but it's, it's more about 
I, I stopped. I stopped uh, because I had also a bad experience with with that. Because I trusted, like you said, you trust your own work as a as a when you're scouting reports, with your video reports, with your play calls. I trusted myself more than anybody else, and that's why the exchange would never be equal. And I knew I put in the work, so I knew that my information. I had a foundation for the information. You know, there's a foundation for that, and you can build on that. You know, like you said, at at, at a later point. You learn the other team's philosophy and you know enough. But uh, there was a point where we were already qualified. That was after, um, uh, that was already with, with Messina. But it, there was a point where we were already qualified for the next stage. And this other team asked, this, the scout from that team, which I had a good relationship with, asked for, for three, three play calls. And I said, I will not give it to you. I will not send it to anybody. I don't send playbooks. But we compare notes. So you tell me on this play when they do the zipper cut and then they go into a pin down and blah, 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 blah. You have this and I have that. You have two down, I have two down. On the other play, you have two side. He tells me I have two side as well. And then we compare notes just to make sure that I know that he also put the work in that I put in. That we are both equally on the on the same amount of, of, of yes. commitment of 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 putting in the work and it's not a, sh a, a a cutting the corner it's just to double check with a colleague and i thought it is a fine line but there's also a point of where we qualified already and it's uh, it's just a fair exchange with a colleague from the other 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 team that wants to qualify or wants to do the necessary things to qualify it's not necessarily that two side will help him win yes, the course. game of course um I will tell you later who it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one more thing on the coaching on the coaching aspect before we move to organization, because I'm already I see that we are uh, going in, into the soft cap soft cap of the time slowly. But uh, the the mindset of a coach when he's going through a bad stretch, and every head coach has gone through a bad stretch before, and to limit this, the negative self talk of the of the of your coach of telling yourself um man i should have done this different i should have done this different i i i i i'm a i suck at that i you know like there's there's certain negative self talk that that everybody does not only coaches everybody does um in 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 mis mis uh, achievement or or just bad losses how do you eliminate that how do you stop yourself from from going into the hole and falling into the pit and and not getting your team back out of it how do you avoid those kind of negative self talks uh, first of all with the, my experience as as more experience you are you 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 know that if you go with this way thinking of with this way you will uh, you will uh, need more time to go up than uh, you should you should uh, need. Let's say if you start to think I should do this, I should do that. For sure, you need to make always your uh, self uh, criticism. Always, always. Uh, even after a win, if there are, even after a good strike of games. So you need to to know that all the time you can be better. Even there is no perfect game. There is no perfect momentum. You need to be better. Uh, you cannot relax, let's say. But uh, when you have your, let's say, when something doesn't go well in a long period, 
you need to go back to your principles. And how you need to behave, you need to behave with a calm way, not to be frustrated and not to be stressed and not to be under pressure. Because if you are under pressure with the wrong way, because for sure you will be under pressure if something doesn't go well, but if you get it with the wrong way, then you will not function as you want and you will not do your job as best as you can. So the most important thing is to understand this and psychologically to be strong mentally, not to have always these negative thoughts. From the other side, practically, you go to your principles, one, and number two, fundamentals in basketball. Let's say when something doesn't go, the team doesn't play well, you need to go to the simple things to correct the simple things and start again, start over with the simple things. Let's say defensively, better one-on-one defense, let's say. Uh, Better uh, pick-and-roll defense. And you start to build your stuff again from the beginning, starting from the very, very fundamental stuff. One is this, uh, tactically, yes. But psychologically, you need to be out of this, let's say, hole, as you said, because if you start to think too much all this stuff, yes, you need to have your self-criticism. You can understand that you made a mistake, but this is over and now you need to move on. And because if you keep it, it then you will uh, need more time to overcome this period. Let's say it's the same when you talk with a player, one player is playing good, let's say two months and then one game, not good. Second game, worse. Third game, bad. Fourth game, and he gets into a period that he's not good. So uh, you need to suggest him and you need to talk to him how to go out of this. So if he starts to thinking, oh, I, I miss one shot. Oh, I miss uh, uh, my player. Oh, I don't play good. Blah, blah. And you start to cry for the previous, you will lose the next. So with this mentality, you encourage them to go out of this and and you support him to go out of this situation. This is how you need to think also as a coach when you are in this momentum, negative momentum. If you stay too much to find the here, uh, one, two, three, four, five, hundred mistakes, yes, hundred mistakes, priorities. Which are the priorities? Fundamentals. So from hundred, you cut 90, and you go to the 10, box out and get the rebound, let's say. One-on-one defense. Defensive transition, no easy baskets. So you build, again, the principles. You work with the principles from the, from the first moment. And this is the most important in that period. Foundation. You, you, yes. You, like you said, first, the first thing is the emotional discipline, I would say. For, yes. for for the coach to have and to, to to be able for him to understand what's what's you know to control their emotions and be disciplined with it to, so that you yes. know, for yourself but also for your team and the second thing is to create a foundational foundational uh, knowledge for the players to get to fall back on and yes. and that's like one one thing you said also I learned with Quinn is the uh, next play mentality next play we're we're moving yes, on. We're, yes, 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 don't yes. don't get hang up don't get hung up with the with the with the negative thing next play let's go let's go next yes, don't yes, worry yes, about yes. it so let's moving on move on to 
organization. <laughs> this, 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 this is an inside joke for people and uh, we, yes. we, we get it. Um, time management, because you're very good with time management and it's very important in this period of, of the EuroLeague uh, with, the, with the domestic league to learn how to manage the time, to get the players off their legs, to not beat them too, for too, too long in practices. But in general, of, of uh, the, the meetings and the, the organizational, uh, um, the, the, how to organize the practices so that it is short, short enough that you can talk about the games, talk about the, the, the general problems of the team. If you have a game on Thursday and you have a game on Sunday, how much time do you actually have and how do you manage yourself throughout the day to put in the necessary work to prepare for the games? You as a coach to, to, to prepare for practices and the games, you know where what slot what slots do you use to to work on and also as a team how do you how do you get these uh, those two days two game days prepared properly as you as a coach uh, <clears throat> you work all the day for the game uh, no matter uh, how much uh, uh, let's say how much time you work for the previous game how you need to work for the next game and uh, you are in a procedure that uh, all the time you need to, as you said, to, to put the, uh, your schedule in order. You, uh, I write the schedule every... Uh, when, I, when something is not very clear and the time is pressing us, I write down the, pre the, the schedule, what, what we have to do, what time. Uh, I don't use it every day, this, but uh, the timetable is very important for... Um, Moments that we have, let's say, uh, video, practice, uh, lunch, uh, drive to the airport, flight, uh, practice, I don't know. All this stuff, we need to be, you know, on time and uh, we need to be very punctual to, to, to follow the timetable. Uh, Basketball-wise, let's say, I will say, I will give you a different example. You asked me... Tuesday and Sunday. I, I We play now three games in five days. We play Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So Friday, we play in Olympia because we had a bad game. And uh, we flew the next morning, noon, noon time, because we wanted uh, to play Sunday. We flew Saturday to play Sunday. So some, sometimes... You need to fill the team. Sometimes, let's say, I don't practice. I, I go with one meeting the day of the game, especially when we play nine o'clock at night. We, if we play, let's say, five, six, seven o'clock, we need to go the, the, the day before. Uh, so according to the time, according to the, uh, to, the, to the game that you have, according to the situation that you are facing, let's say, We had already overload. The team was overload. We didn't practice, practice, let's say, to play this Sunday game, yesterday's game. We, we made a meeting. We, we, we had, first of all, coaches meeting. We watched video. I wake up uh, after the game. of Olympia. I wake up very early, seven o'clock, to watch video. We had coaches meeting at 11 o'clock. So four hours I watched video, 11 o'clock coaches meeting till uh, 12.30, 12.30 with We, we ate something fast and then we go to the bus to go to the, to the airport. So during the flight, again, you watch, you write, uh, you prepare everything. 
we go to the gym after the, we landed, a meeting with the team, you know, next game, next uh, opponent. Uh, then we walk through how we will play defense here, here, here. Some light shooting and we go home. Next morning, most of the times when we play nine o'clock, we have shoot around practice. But in this occasion, we, we keep it optional. Because that some players, they have their routine, they want to shoot. Some players, they were very tired because they play Sunday, the previous Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and they have to play Sunday. So eight games in, uh, in four, uh, four games in uh, eight days. So this Sunday, yesterday, we had optional shoot-around practice. So uh, you change according to how the team feels let's say you need to feel your team you need to understand how the players are sometimes also not now that it's early in the season let's say we are only two three months in the season let's say on march april scouting scouting videos yes. videos you know yes. the the head are full of information games by game you know you play 80 games so you while you go, let's say springtime, you need to make shorter meetings. You need to adjust. So you need to feel the players how how ready they are. Let's say concentrated to get the information that you will give them in one meeting. Maybe the one meeting is worthless, and it's better to go home. So you need to change all the time. There is not, let's say, a strict line that you follow this line and that's all. You need to. To change the way sometimes, different way uh, for one game, different way for the other game. Why? Because here we are uh, overload, here we are not overload. Uh, for me, something is something that I want to mention here is that let's say for a, a team is more difficult to handle uh, a winning streak than a loss, because after a loss. Most of the players, they want, let's, they don't like it, and they want to react. Good teams, they react. But when you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten wins in a row, how you build this, let's say, mentality that okay, we have seven wins, let's go for the eighth, then let's go for the ninth, for the tenth. This is winning mentality, and it's not easy to find it and to build it. And this, I believe it's more difficult to handle it than to handle the team after one loss. Yeah, because they're com they're competitors and they don't want to they don't want to live with a loss. So they they come back yes. and, and but staying hungry for the win and staying mentally dialed in and keeping the same intensity for to to get the wins coming in. It's it's very it's because you get naturally you start getting comfortable in your own mind you know you always fight you always fighting you're always fighting your own mind than than anything else exactly exactly you fight with yourself yes yes and yes. you always have to keep keep pushing yourself so just to quickly and about the about the time let's say how we share the time and how we organize everything this is the method you need to have method as a coach your method, let's say your uh, procedure, your uh, uh, method of uh, preparing everything. This is very, very important. You, you need to have a method as a coach, not only, let's say, coaching philosophy, because some coaches, they have their philosophy, but they don't have good method. Yeah. 
the method is very important to to organize the team, to organize the practice, to organize everything, to organize your office, to organize the how you will work with your assistant coaches, everything, to organize your game. So this is very important also. So t- talking about the 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 meeting length, because there are some meetings, and I've been, and I'm sure you have been in some unnecessary meetings, uh, whether it's with the staff or it's with the players or it's with the players only. When I was a player, some some meetings are unnecessary, some some meetings are necessary. When you are in a meeting, as a, as I a think, head- sorry to interrupt you, I think every meeting is necessary, but not very successful. Sometimes. Not productive. Not productive. Not yeah. productive. That, not productive. That, that's more. That's more. That's more. What I'm my like yes. me not explaining it properly. When yes. you're in the meeting, you feel like it's not productive and it's not getting there. What, not productive what, as much as you wanted. Not uh, the affection of the meeting was not uh, as you wanted. It was not so successful meeting. This yes, yes of course. Yes. You have not, you have this time. Yes. Uh, there. There always there's there also is a amount of too many meetings, don't you agree? Whereas there yes. there's there's a limit of like okay now we like we we start naturally we're like how many how much can we talk about the same thing about the same time for the same length of time? Like let's 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 use let's make our time useful. How do you differentiate and do you feel is it more of an of an intuition of like okay like let's move on let's we don't have to meet let's go yes. straight to the gym is that something that you have like strict lines for or is that more intuition intuition yes because uh, there are not strict lines because every situation is completely different from the from the other situation and yeah. uh, depends uh, in which momentum you have your team let's say We play a bad game and started. We started very, very bad. You could understand that the players wanted to play better, but somehow, let's say everything was. We were. We was in a contra riff against Olympiacos. Let's say everything worked bad in the first period. We lost the game from the first period. They were excellent offensively. We were so bad defensively. We were so bad offensively. Let's say we missed seven layups in first period alone. Layups seven times, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, five shots, open shots for three, short. You could understand that that was because of fatigue, because of uh, uh, you know bad momentum. In NBA, I think they say you know better. In NBA, they say these are uh, schedule losses. there are some schedule losses because you have difficult schedule and you are fatigued you are tired you play back to back and you go to play the game and the other team they are more fresh because they didn't play second overtime they didn't play league game before they play less game so they are more fresh and whatever you do you are doing you know I said after they say with this way that we play Let's say in that day you could understood that they wanted, but we, we couldn't. So you 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 cannot let's say say to them you didn't do this 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 this. You know, a lot of things happened that we didn't do. So we overcome and we go to the next. You know, we cannot we cannot stay too much in that game because that game was, you know, stre- go went out of the direction. From the very first moment, and it was not easy to, you know, to to change it during the yes. game. What we have to do, 
you know, put it to the side. Just remember how it was, have the knowledge not to make the same, let's say, preparation, mental preparation again, because mentally we can be better, we can improve. This is what we, we have to improve, to be mentally more ready to play a back-to-back three games, let's say four games in a row. Okay, we're going to go into the last quarter now. And uh, there's going to be some ATOs and some quick hitters for you. And just I'll be I'll shut up and you just you 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 tell okay. me what. You want. <laughs> uh, something personal about you that we wouldn't be able to find on Google. About basketball or in general, my life. Uh, personal. Uh. My family, my family is my base and uh, no matter uh, the career, my family is uh, my priority. Although, although because of my career, I missed a lot of uh, moments with my family, with my kids, with my wife, but uh, they are my base and uh, you know that your family is there for you every time. Whatever happens, good or bad, they are always there for you. One skill you wish you had? One skill. In life or in my career, in basketball? Again. One of each. One of each. In basketball, let's say to be a better basketball player so I could play in the highest level. And in life, sometimes not to be so, so how to say, so much giving to the others. Uh, best worthwhile investment you made in yourself? That I went in States, 1990. I was 23 years old. But before that, I went 1988 in Rotterdam. I was uh, 21 years old. I went in Rotterdam pre-Olympic tournament. And that was the, there was a clinic there that uh, first time Hubie Brown uh, came from States to talk to the clinic. And I, I, I was there 21 years old. Uh, I invest a lot in the beginning of my career. I, I went in... Uh, 88, every summer I was going to one good clinic or something. I, I was doing something extra for basketball. So let's say 88, I went in, uh, as I told you, in uh, Rotterdam, pre-Olympic tournament for the clinic and the games. 89, I went in Zagreb uh, for the Eurobasket of 89. 89, yes. 90. 1990, I went in stage first time. 1991, I went in stage second time. Then I went to the army. Two years I was off. And again, I start to... But these four years that I, I did something every day, every summer, sorry, every summer, I invest a lot. And my parents helped me a lot because financially, I couldn't do it by myself. Advice from your younger self to your current self? Advice? Advice. Ah, advice. Uh, be more patient and don't react uh, uh, when everything is uh, hot. 
What do you do to get away from the game besides your family? I don't want to get away from the game. I want to think about the game. What motivates you? Uh, what motivate, motivates me? Uh, two things. First of all, uh, I put the pressure to myself. So for me to succeed personally, this is my first motivation. And secondly, the success of the team that I'm working for. This is also a big motivation for me to succeed in the team that always I work, to do something special for, for the club that I'm working. Yanis, we did it. I, 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 ran, I ran your airports low. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yes. I drained everything out of you and your airports. Yes, yes. Uh, yes but yes, I appreciate yes. your time. Uh, I appreciate you being my mentor. I appreciate that we, that we met each other. And uh, I think there's a lot of good knowledge here for coaches to take away and to, to learn something new for their careers and to share knowledge as well. And um, thanks to you. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. It was my pleasure to discuss with you about basketball. We have uh, private discussions all the time. And now it's, I'm very happy that uh, this discussion will help uh, the, the people that will listen it. Uh, maybe if we help one or two, we'll be very, I'll be very glad and very happy. Exactly. Thank you that you gave me the chance to, to talk in this podcast. Thanks for coming on. And... I, I'm honored. <laughs> I'm honored too. And everybody else, okay. see, you, okay. see you and talk to you soon. See you. See you. Thank you very much. Bye.